because <laughs> I I am number one today. <laughs> Look at me. Look at me. I am the captain now. <laughs> Coming I... to you live from Tommy's sick bedroom as mm. well as Forest Park, Illinois today. Oh it is God. the Sons of Honarchy podcast with your hosts, Drunk Shy Sox fan. And the man who's number one on this episode of the Sons of Honarchy podcast. We are running through a bunch of stuff. Um, a, we're more than happy with the last five days of White Sox baseball, last five games of White Sox baseball. But more importantly, Ricky's finally putting lineups together properly. We've got Nick Magical up. We've got a pitching poll to go, go over. We've got all three series that we're going to recap. And we've got a little overreaction corner going on. All of this brought to you brought by, to you by DBC brand. brand. Steve, welcome Tom. to my sick bedroom, as you say, as you call it. Yeah, well, I'm like 10, 11 miles. Actually, it's even more. It's like 13 miles away from like me right 40, now. 40, 50 miles away. I know, because, you know, the Eisenhower is such a pain in your ass. It is a pain in my ass. I, th- I think that's why you're not with me right now. It's because you <laughs> were like, oh, I don't want to travel down the Ike to get to Steve. It has nothing to do with my abundance of caution. It has everything to do with the Ike. Yeah, yeah. Okay. No. I so have speak- a sore throat, Steve. In this day and age, I should not be going out with a sore throat. <sighs> Fair enough. Your, your, your abundance of caution, just like Ricky Renteria and his, his fake COVID, right? <laughs> fake COVID, fake news. Yeah. Well, Ricky, Ricky's COVID was not COVID. So. <laughs> <laughs> and hopefully your sore throat is no, just I- uh. I probably got the same problem as him. Uh, you know what? You could have fooled me the first week or so of lineups with Ricky Renteria, but I'll tell you what, uh, you know, with one of our over-unders last week being that mm-hmm. I would approve only 20 lineups of Ricky Renteria's yeah. uh, this season, you took the under. Um, I'll tell you what, he's on pace. So there have yeah. been... There have been some good lineups, including tonight's, uh, which we can talk about later when we... Uh, when we wrap this thing up, but I'll tell you what, thumbs up to Ricky Renteria. He's actually acting like he still wants the manager job. <laughs> hey, you, we've, we saw, um, we didn't have Yerman Mercedes starting any games, but he did get his time in the, his one at bat. In, at the major league level, which is what we all wanted out of 2020 anyway. so That's right. Just had to see your mean take the one at bat, right? Yeah. Another over-under that I'd like to address from last <laughs> week when you said Nick Madrigal wasn't going to start. Uh, 20, what was it, 25 games? Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. I said under. So what do you think of Bat Boy so far, Tom? He's, uh, are you willing to retract any of those statements? I still think he's bad the Bat Boy. I think he's the Bat Boy at best. I think he's Slappy McSlapperson. At worst, you know. Um, so <laughs> here's the thing. Here's the thing. I I'm not mad that he's good. I feel like people expect me to be like mad that he's good right now, and he's he's doing his job, and that's what that's what matters. But um, I will mention the number one thing that gave me mad respect for him was this, and I actually want to discuss like this whole thing with you because. Mm-hmm. The reason why I, I took the under, a little, a little context, right? The reason right. why I took the under on 25 games is because I thought they were going to pull this shit where he's not ready yet. He's not ready yet, right? The, right. the old uh, manipulation, which, they, which is exactly what they did. But right. I thought they weren't going to be as blatant about it, right? 
Like, mm-hmm. they were like, we need to keep him down for six games, and then we can bring him up. And then it was literally six games. As yep. soon as that game was over, they were like, come on over. Let's but, be real. Everybody knew it was about manipulation, so they had nothing for service time manipulation, so they had nothing to hide. Okay. Yeah. I like on, I just on top of that too. Lie. There was such a need. Okay. Yeah, there was. Especially like what is ingrained in fans' memories right now is Leary Garcia playing, yeah, playing the second. worst second base defense uh-huh. on opening uh-huh. day that yeah. we may have seen in over a decade. Yeah. Yeah. Like this guy made Tanahito Aguchi look mobile. <laughs> oh man, the thirty somethings are gonna love that. Um, <laughs> but uh, I will say the the thing that gave me mad respect to get back to that for him was when they told him uh, Ricky pulled him into the office to tell him that he wasn't gonna make the opening day roster, and he didn't say shit. He just walked out the door. This is like for my, my fucking man. Yeah, and it's just like yeah. I mean, like you should. Like, without saying fuck you, he said fuck you to the organization. And he should say fuck you to the organization because it's like, that's some horse shit. Like, he was good enough to make the opening day roster. Whether or not I think he should be starting every day, that's another thing. You know, like, we can get there, we can get there. But uh, he was definitely good enough to make the opening day roster, and they kept him down for service time manipulation. And that's just taking money out of his pocket. Like, it's a blatant, like, fuck you, Nick Magical. You're not worth as much to us if we let you play right away. Yep, so, which could bite them in the ass five years from now. Exactly. He, he, and like, who knows what the new CBA is going to look like. He has every, every right to just say this organization lies through its teeth. All they want is the most for their money, and they don't care about me as a player. So I'm going to dip as soon as soon as this contract is done, I'm out. And he would have every right to do so because that's exactly what the organization did. And it could hurt them even more with the new collective bargaining agreement. Who knows what arbitration years are going to look like? Mm -hmm. Who knows what service time is going to look like? And how that affects current players. Yeah, they're probably going to shorten up service time because it's a real bitch. Could literally do an entire podcast on what? the collective bargaining agreement is. Yeah. What is it? Um, uh, Rick Hahn's superpower, according to uh, Herb Lawrence, is signing guys solid contracts before their arbitration years, right? Mm -hmm. So that's his superpower. It didn't work on Nick Madrigal. And so Nick Madrigal is probably going to be the only one that is really going to hurt us. I'll be honest, name the the players that Rick Hahn has done that with. Anderson, um, Eloy, Luis. um, Those are your three major ones, right? Those are the Luis off the top of your head, right? Yeah. Okay. So you look – oh, and obviously Moncada. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Right? So those are your four four major ones. What do you notice about the trend of these players compared to Nick Madrigal? This is a hot take, and I don't know if I've discussed this with you yet. Well, the trend of those players are, like, number one, number one. Like, each of them were number one prospects, or almost number one prospects. at. at but Nick Madrigal one. also fills that bill. What's the difference between those four compared to Nick Madrigal? Oh, I've, I've heard you do this before. This is good. Mm-hmm. 
um, they're all from places that they don't have privilege growing up. Bingo, right? Okay, so you've got uh-huh. th- uh, a, a player from the Dominican, you've got two Cuban players, and you've got uh, a kid that grew up poor in Alabama, okay? Mm-hmm. Compare that to Nick Madrigal, who grew up with a little bit more privilege than these guys, right? We're not going to say silver spoon in his mouth, but like... Right, I don't know he's Nick from Madrigal's the upbringing, like- but he's, he's from the Sacramento area. Yeah. So... I here's the deal with that, right? Like it's it's easier to lock up those players because they, you know they're, they're grabbing onto something right away. I mean, they, heck, this, Luis yeah. Luis is gonna make more money than a lot of major league players ever will ever. Yeah. You know, um, he's gonna be by the end of his career. Well, even by the end of this contract, he's gonna be one of the top two percent major league earners of all time right right um, so it might even be top one percent if i'm not mistaken so that's the thing nick madrigal you know has you know a little bit he, he it's more of a process for him there was a segment that um baseball tonight did on ozzy albies when he picked up his ma- mm-hmm. major contract that was ahead of arbitration and and free agency and a lot of the players in the players association was like you're hurting our chances of when we go to the free agent market getting a bigger contract than what you just signed. Cause if you are getting this contract, that saying that we only are worth this amount of dollars when we go to free agency. Right. So that's like kind of why the players union is mad. But then this is the thing. The guy's got like three screws in his elbow. He's like the same situation where he's like, he's not growing up with privilege. Right. So mm-hmm. he could like, let's say his, his arm blows out in a in a slide to second base this season he's still making his money if he hadn't done that contract he would not be making any like big dollars in the future exactly so it's like you just don't know and you have the opportunity laid out for you to say like you can get your family set you can you can like set your family up right now no matter what happens or you can like put it out five years and say like in five years I'm going to make even bigger money. So it's worth it. And you can say like, yeah, that makes sense. But also I need the money now because if I don't secure it now, who knows? And then if you have Nick magical, you're saying like, okay, he can make league minimum for a while and he'll be fine because a league minimum is still good. And then worst case, worst case scenario happens. He has a career ending injury you know, he's still got a family that he can fall on. Right. Like this is, this is the mindset. I don't know. Yeah. yeah, Right. So this is all, but like, that's the, that's the thing that comes to mind Mm -hmm. is you're saying like, so is it Rick Hahn's superpower or is he just taking advantage? Who knows? But right. Exactly. The way that there's definitely the argument for both on the table, mm-hmm. like, oh, Rick Hahn's manipulating these guys, or, mm-hmm. oh, you know, these guys are making so much money already. You know, that's not what I'm bringing to the table. Yeah, yeah. What I'm bringing to the table is the reason, uh, uh, the major reason why these guys are locked up to long-term contracts at such a early point in their career. Yeah, yeah. It makes sense. And so. it, it just feels icky. You know, when, when they say shit like change the game or like we're in it to win it right now and then they're just like 
but Nick Madrill, you can you can sit on the bench and uh, and perfect your craft in Schaumburg on the practice field. Oh God! You know? Well, speaking of winning it now, I mean we've we've Ayo. got we've got Ayo. five five straight W's on the board for the White Sox. This mm-hmm. is the first time in God knows how long they've had five straight victories. I have no idea. I wanted to um, look it up, but um, we can we can just throw it in the notes or some shit because it, it's probably been forever and a half. Right. Um, that might be a back check, fact check there for yeah. next week. Um, so it started out in Cleveland, snagging that last game of the series after the doubleheader loss, which, by the way, you said you oh. would drink like 7,000 bush white apples if, uh, they would, if they lost both games in the doubleheader, and they uh. lost both games in the doubleheader thanks to your, your ace. Now, it's probably not all my ace's fault, first of all, <laughs> asshole, because in six hours of baseball, they were able to get only six runs. That's just – that's not it, fam. That's not it. And you know, I get that, but at the same time, Rodon did not look good out on the mound. Okay, hey, so I'll just leave it there. I will leave it there. there. He's been injured. He's been playing injured, and he didn't know it, so – Obviously, oh God, here we go. This is what you said last year to <laughs> take us down this road. Uh, um, but we snagged that. Let's stay on topic here. We yes. snagged that victory four to nothing. That that last game of the series. Mm. Um, my God, Brad Hand. That's the worst I've ever seen. Brad Hand. Not um, ideal. <laughs> their starting pitching, Tom, is insane, and we didn't even see Bieber. Yeah, um, exactly. Or Clevenger. Super scary that they've got that depth. So what, uh, you know, what are you thinking in regard to that, that snagged victory from Cleveland? Do you, do you still, let me ask you this question. The standings say so right now, but do you still think we're number two? Like our, uh, our old (laughs) podcast last week said, Oh man. So that's the thing. Like you, you come out of the, the gates and you just get shellacked by twins. And you're like, okay, so we're, we're bad. And then you get swept in a doubleheader and you're like, fuck. So what it like the takeaway for those first few games is just like, okay, well flush the season down the toilet, but then you get that one win out of Cleveland, which mind you in that win, we still didn't score until the ninth inning. So it's like, Cleveland pitching just has our number. So to get back to answering your question, I don't know that we're number two, even though the standings say, like, I don't think that this Cleveland ball club is built for, like, longevity, like it's going to last into the end of the season. But mind you, the season's not that long. So they don't have to, like, piece this together for a very long time. I don't know. It's just, it makes me it's nervous. It's that gonna be a dog fight. It's gonna be a I'm dog fight. Say. That's it's, um, it's so well put because it's just going to be like between Cleveland and us. It's just like, oh, ah, I don't know. Right, and then you you know it's great because we routed Kansas City and the team will. That's what we need to do. We need to beat up on the garbage teams at the bottom of the division. We just oh, for sure, it. most definitely. Like and. I think that's one thing that separates – no, well, so far. It's a small sample yeah, size. But what separates right. this year's team from last year's team is so far they've proven that they can 
beat opponents that they're supposed to be able to beat, yep. right? Yep. Like they're able to sweep Kansas City. They're able to beat Milwaukee last night with a struggling Yelich and mm-hmm. he Hira going 0 for 4 yep. and Locane uh, opting out and Braun mm-hmm. being on the IL. Like, yeah, like those are wins to that you're supposed to game. get. Uh-huh. Yeah. Right. So, and we'll see if they can follow suit with Giolito on the mound tonight. Exactly. So, you on the mound, I feel good about taking the series, but right. But at the same time, too, at that token with Cleveland, like their starting pitching is so good. Their bullpen, even though I'll tell you what, the White Sox bullpen has been underrated this year. Yeah, um, I saw, really I saw a tweet. Rouse I saw a tweet uh, not too long ago. Um, I want to say it was either Josh Nelson or P. Knowles or uh, you're going to have to give me a second to look it up. But it was talking about how many guys on the White Sox bullpen right now have. Now, this is advanced statistics, Tommy. Get oh, ready here. Oh, Jesus. FIP, right? Oh, Jesus. How many guys? It was Josh <laughs> Nelson. So we've got six guys who have an FIP below 1.5. You've got bummer. 0.04 FIP. Bummer. Evan Marshall, 0.57. Hoyer, 0.64. Lambert, well, ooh, Lambert's gone, so yeah. you can take that one off the list. But 1.04. Yeah. Uh, Ross the Boss, 1.36. And Matt Foster, 1.37. Yeah, so, who, who is Matt Foster, by the way? What the heck? Didn't Matt Foster is – no. This is a guy who's been in the system for a little while. He was in – Winston-Salem in Birmingham, I think, in 2018. And in 2019, he, he worked his way up to AAA. Okay. Um, well, he so, had a great outing this, this past game. Like, he, he looked good. Came that on ha- after, after uh, Rodon got his ass on the bench, you know, like, my, sorry, when my ace got his ass on the bench, <laughs> um, he, he came in and cleaned up. It was, I mean, it was – it was good. His his high fastball is a ton of movements. It doesn't have a lot of velocity. It's like only clocking in at like ninety four. Speaking but, of high fastballs, that's what we were crushing yesterday at with the Brewers because there was two high fastballs that got sent out of the park that were just gorgeous. Yeah, was, well, I mean, you can't give that pitch to a bright you on three and zero. Is that's oh, the God. one that I'm I'm reeling oh. over right now in my mind. Um, so good, so good though. It doesn't matter what count it was. I just saw if it's going to be up in if it's going to be a fastball up in the zone to a Brayu, it, it's got to be head high, you know. Yeah. So it's fucking gone. Yeah. So, but nonetheless, this leads me to starting pitching. Okay, like why yeah. Cleveland is separating itself from us talent wise mm-hmm. right now is obviously not because of their one through nine. Yeah, it no, their, their bats will go quiet every once in a while. So. It's because of the arms, right? Yep. And specifically in the start, starting rotation. Now, I ran a poll. Here we go. White Sox Twitter <laughs> let me down once again. You got you to gotta bring it up right out the gates like this? Oh, well, I'm, I'm bringing it up now because it, 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 this, is it. Like, this is where I'm leading with this. You know, okay. like, Great to run a five-game winning streak <laughs> and all that, but let's focus on also the downside of all of this, right? Yeah. Yep. And it has to deal with starting pitching. Now, if you're going to tell me White Sox Twitter after 420 votes on a poll, only 12% of you want to trade a prospect talent for a one or a two. Yeah. That's a little scary. 
Uh, In addition to that, only 33% of you want to vote or vote for (laughs) wanting to trade a decent prospect, an okay prospect for a three or a four in your rotation. 55% are cool with Detweiler or Dunning. (laughs) What are your thoughts on this, Tom? Uh, This is the thing. You're saying, like, mind you, this this tweet is hypothetical because pulling a – Pulling a one or a two, like a one or a two, like you're saying, like, in other words, you're trying to pull an ace from another team, right? Usually, well, yeah. So a one or a two on any other team is probably going to be a, a two, a, a two in our rotation or maybe even a one. Yeah, exactly. So this is what I'm saying, though, is if you're trying to pull that, usually one prospect's not going to do it. Usually, right? Unless it's a blue chip prospect. So, like, this is – and that's what I'm trying to say is this is a hypothetical because for that reason, it would be tough to say that we for sure could pull this off. But if we could pull it off, like, one guy for one guy, and it, you're getting a one, in t- one or a two in return, dude, do it. Like, it's contracts. It. That's the biggest thing. I know people are saying, oh, you only have like 50 games this season. Yeah. which And that's, it, the, that's the devil's it, advocate arg- argument I that get, I can get behind. I get that. I totally get that, especially when um, – who was it? It was James Fox who came out today to my question, and he said, you know, we have an owner that isn't going to go out and sign top free agents, so you can't yeah. get rid of a guy like Andrew Vaughn. Here's the thing, though. It, I understand that argument. Actually, yeah, yeah, yeah. I understand that argument. The problem is Andrew Vaughn is the type of prospect that is a dime a dozen. He's a good hitting first baseman. He's got a great hit tool. He's not amazing defensively. Okay, starting pitching arms. There's no such thing as a starting pitching prospect anymore because they're either going to get injured or something's going to go wrong with them, either mentally or physically. so when you're trading for a one or a two, yeah, you're going to have to give up something. I, I think that's the thing is we clench onto our prospects so much yeah. and you're still hoping that they're going to turn out to be a solid major league player instead of actually getting a solid, you know, actually proven major league player. And I, here's the thing. I get it if you don't want Lance Lynn because of past years he hasn't proven a ton but look at this year so far and look at last year he's yeah. been incredible he's, he's been, been really a top good. 10 pitcher in baseball he's been really and good. you want if Lance Lynn's not your guy and you want to trade with another team that's falling off right now and a team that wants to shed a contract look at Tampa Bay perfect their number one contract right now their highest contract is Charlie Morton he's it's under contract so until 2022 yep and he has oh less God. innings on him than Steven Strasburg. Dude, if you if you get a Charlie Morton, good night. Especially in MLB The Show. Oh, my God. <laughs> he's unhittable. The Sox would be too good. <laughs> I know he's another righty. I get it. Like, people are, are also thinking about the righty lefty with Rodan. the rotation. He's a lefty. We're good. Oh God. <laughs> Nonetheless, think about what I just said, too. With yeah. all of the yeah. injuries and with how young he is, Steven Strasburg has more innings on him than Charlie Morton does. 
It's, it is crazy to think about because, like, Strasburg has, like, what, two full seasons under his belt? Like, maybe. that's. I think that's an exaggeration. Don't quote me on it. But, like, <laughs> yeah, that's – I mean, Charlie Morton would be – he. and the funniest part about it is if you go on, like, the roster of Tampa Bay and look at Charlie Morton's picture, you would guess, just picture alone, that he's probably got the most innings on his arm in the league – because he looks like he's 70 years old, but he actually, yeah, no, he's a great pitcher. And I mean, think about would, it. Tampa Bay I, is I, the I, kind I, of team that, that would do would that. Shed, that. They would be like, give me a bat. That's fine. That would shed a prospect like that. And on top of that, Tampa Bay, the reason why I picked Tampa Bay and then with Lance Lynn, Texas, is because neither of those teams have a top 10 first base prospect in their system. I did not know that. Like their one through tens are not for, they don't have a first baseman in there. That's huge. And it's something and, to think about. Yeah. I mean, cause who is it? Um, yeah. I mean, it's just, it's just, that's, if you don't have that position in your farm system, you can get that from somewhere else for pitching. And that's probably what their their GM is thinking anyways. Like, ah, I don't, I got to worry about first base cause I can get that yeah. some other time for insert random arm. And so we can, we can be the guys. We can be the guys that get that done. And when it comes down to it, I hate when people do this, but look to the north side. How did they get themselves out of the rebuild? They went and got John Lester. They went and got Araldus Chapman. You know, fuck that guy. But they went and got him. So it's mm-hmm. like you they just – either signed – or mm-hmm. traded for arms. And that's what and the White Sox are going to have to do eventually. You just have to. That's, that's what winning teams do. You build your core of position players. You get a good crop of pitchers. And, you know, you need to grow at least one or two of your own pitchers. But guess what? That's not enough. There's not enough pitching talent in the world that is top tier that will get you to the next level. You just got to go out and get it. Mm-hmm. You just got to get it. You can't develop enough. There's no way to develop enough. You can't, like, scout enough. There's no way to scout enough. You have to look at what's successful out on the mound in today's game and go and get it. That's just – that's how you have to do it. But the rebuild has scarred us. We still, like, are in that rebuild mindset. Jerry's put us here. This is still Jerry's fault for making us – have a rebuild mindset that we can't get rid of for whatever reason. So we'll see. We'll see if I mean, we ever stop cleaning under our prospects. But again, I think it's just because we're scarred. Yeah. I mean, there have been a couple people who will remain nameless who have already brought up James <laughs> Shields to me and saying that Lance Lynn would be the next James Shields. And hey, I disagree I completely. <laughs> I get where you're coming from. Yeah. But it's also not a longer deal. Yeah, and we're we're just we're just scarred individuals, all of us. So, <clears throat> so Steve, what's up, Tom? You have a project or idea that you want to be seen by as many people as possible. I might. Um, <laughs> do you provide a service but go underappreciated when you put yourself out there on social media? Social media. And do you want sleek, impeccable presentation, but lack the know-how or resources? Oh, of course. Well, if you answered yes to any of these, who who should I be telling you to get in touch with? Tom, 
I think you're about to tell me that I should get in touch with our friends over at DBC Brand. Mm. DBC Brand, with your choice of three solid tiers of social media marketing plans, you get access to professional social media content curation, email marketing, blog posting, live video and photography sessions, and more. Wow. Find out more by visiting dbcbrand.com and give your business the creative touch and spotlight it deserves. DBC, digital, digital by, by creatives. creatives. Yes! <laughs> hashtag crack them no. <laughs> all right all right all right all right so welcome back from your drink break steve your my drink break. break because i'm the only one drinking yeah, I, i'm trying to recover from an <laughs> i'm sick <laughs> fuck you steve fuck i you. seriously hope you're not sick but <laughs> i'm gonna play that on repeat when i get a positive test i hope you're not legitimately sick i should say yeah, yeah that's true <laughs> well okay so i uh i wanted to play a little game this is new to us we don't usually do this because we don't need an overreaction segment because i usually just overreact overreact in general but let's call this the overreaction corner okay so Mm -hmm. um because i think apparently by the way apparently i'm overreacting by wanting lance lynn or charlie morton on my team 100 overreacting you know but you know ross the boss baby yeah we we've got plenty of starting pitcher we got uh, ross the boss we've got (laughs) all right we're done we're done um we've got six guys who are recovering from tommy john we're good we're good so what's this overreaction corner, Tom? All right. So I've got a, I got a question for you. Mm-hmm. So who is the biggest free agent bust in Chicago? We've got C-Sheck, we've got Encarnacion, and we have Keg, Craig Kimbrell. You know, the <laughs> I, I literally cannot take that name seriously right now because of how bad he is. I love that you said you originally said Keg Kimbrell. Um, <laughs> Maybe that's why. Maybe that's why he sucks right now. <laughs> so here's the funny thing is you were the guy on record saying that Steve Ciszek was going to be this almighty He's the stuff, man. setup yeah. man for the White Sox yeah. going into the year. Um, yeah. Or should I say seventh inning guy, right? Seventh because inning here, guy. Because Bummer is your closer, and or not? Pardon me. No, 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 no. Is your closer. no, no, no. Yeah, exactly. Me. Col- is your guy, uh-huh. um, who is scaring the ever-loving shit out of me most games. Yeah, but um, he's getting it done, fam. Outs is outs. Now, I I digress. So <laughs> so Encarnacion has also been horrendous, and I'm hoping that. Something about that changes tonight. Here's yeah. the deal. Here's the deal. All I can't right. remember tangent how long. Time. Tangent time, everybody. <laughs> it's not tangent time. <laughs> Look up for me really quick how long the C-Shack contract is, okay? Ed- Edwin Encarnacion was only a one-year deal. True. So, right now, I'm going with Kimbrell because this guy was what a four-year contract right yeah 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 Yeah, four-year contract like multi 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 millions like it's like over 10 million a year yeah um yeah yeah. so now here's yeah that is definitely the biggest 
I guess, quote unquote, free agent of bust. Yeah. Um, this guy has been beyond atrocious. He's so uh, bad. He's and so bad. On top of the, the thing is, he was having trouble finding the strike zone. And then once he was finding the strike zone, it was either home runs or, or balls getting hit. There was a game against Pittsburgh where I think back-to-back home runs were hit off of him. Uh, I know one of them was Josh Bell. Um, and then the following guys after that, the guys who then followed in succession, one, two, three after that, all those guys got out on balls that were hit over 100 miles an hour. Oh, Jesus Christ. So he's getting absolutely, absolutely shelled. Um, yeah, it's, it's definitely C-Shack. Yeah. And or not C-Shack, pardon me. Did yeah, I just say yeah, that? Yeah, Kimbrell, <laughs> pardon me. It's definitely Kimbrell. You've got our bust on your mind, though. So um, It's true. Then so then to pose, I just wanted to pose that question to have. Did you like, look up my question, by the way? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So we, we, he's locked up through twenty twenty one, and then he's done. Okay. Yeah. So um, let's let's put it this way though. So Cishek is on our team. Encarnacion's on our team. I actually only wanted to bring Kimbrell into it because he's an actual. That's an actual free agent bust. Cishek and Encarnacion are like small fish compared to that. Like Kimbrel's like that's James Shields level bust, you know, <laughs> but a free agent signing. So, right. Um, that's then, the thing though. Would you rather have a free agent bust or would you rather have a trade bust? Oh, definitely a free agent bust. Cause that's just money. That's fine. Right. It's exactly. Not, it's not and my when, money, you know, <laughs> and when it's the Cubs, when it's the Cubs, especially it's like, yeah, it's like whatever damn near on trees. They're damn near printing it. So might as well be. I here's, that's the thing is when you compare the shields thing, I, yeah. I get it. Like at this point right now, Kim Brown has been way worse in a Cubs uniform than shields ever was in a Sox uniform. Yeah. But that being said to Kim Brown still has upside too. Like yeah. I, if he figures this out, I mean, if for I don't care if he does or doesn't. Yeah, exactly. I mean, r- right now I'm hard rooting against him because, you know, the, if he comes in in the bottom of the ninth and we're down one, oh boy, yeah. I'm excited. Yeah. Um, at this point, but at the same time, if he figures it out by the end of the year, he could be really dangerous. Yes, for us specifically, because end of year is when we need to beat them. So, right. anyway. That, his name is only in that overreaction corner just to put it in perspective that, like, he's an actual free agent bust, right? So, with Encarnacion and Cishek being on our team, I think for me right now, the free agent bust is Cishek, not Encarnacion. Because the way that pitching goes is, like, you only have so many innings, and if you fuck them up, you fuck them up. Versus at-bats, like... It's you sit on also, the bench for a little bit and then you get back in, you hit a you bomb, you know. So, yeah, I mean, Edwin's only DHing yeah. and he's there to hit. Um, and not, now, not even he's not there to hit singles or doubles, he's not there to go for an average either. He's just there to just be like, I'll get probably 30 bombs in a he's there game. to get on base though, and that's the one thing that he hasn't done yet no. and uh, yeah. is concerning. Um, I honestly disagree. I don't think we signed him to get on base, I think we signed him to hit. Dingers. And what if I told you that Edwin Encarnacion had a higher on-base percentage last year than Jose Abreu? Ooh, I am 
I am surprised is what I'm I, not I'm, because Jose doesn't walk. <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. And it shows in the rest of the team that he's been mentoring. Like they just don't walk that much, but um, is, even though I've seen improvements, I have seen some serious improvements. Uh, Luis has taken some walks. Men and Kino effect. A hundred percent. Men and Kino effect. Indeed. Now I think we pronounce his name differently every time, every podcast, by the way, like men is Menachino. how it's, Menenkino, Menachino. It's not Chino. <laughs> I know that one. Now, Either way, whatever we want to pronounce it. Next, I'll use a different pronunciation next episode too. It's fine. Fair enough. <laughs> Speaking of lineups, Tom, let's talk about this matchup we've got tonight in uh, 20 minutes or so against okay, the Milwaukee okay. Brewers. What you're trying to say is let's wrap this up so you can go watch the game. I'm pumped. <laughs> I really want to see Giolito versus Woodruff. Let's yeah, be real. it'll be it'll be a good matchup, and that's that's the top end of it, right? So we're talking lineups. We're talking Giolito and Woodruff, and I think that's a good. It's a good matchup in favor of the White Sox. IMO. It it is. Woodruff's got really good stuff. Yeah. Um, he's not. He's no. He's no slouch. He, not at all. He's their best starter quote-unquote i should say <laughs> uh because milwaukee has a very interesting mindset mindset when it comes to pitching yes uh and we'll talk actually about that to close things out after we talk about this this lineup today mm-hmm. to continue we've got batting number one luis robert two Moncada, three abreu which is where he belongs get off me uh four yasmani grandal nah. No. Five, Eloy Jimenez. Six, Edwin Encarnacion coming off the bench. Seven, the savior, Nomar Mazara. <laughs> and Leary Garcia in the eighth you can't spot. E- you can't even take yourself seriously when you say I that. Can't. <laughs> but rounding out the order, the GOAT himself. Slaps. Nick. Slappy McSlapperson. Big Dick Nick Magical. Oh, my God. Nick's got a stick magical. Yeah. So, now here, here's here's the deal. I love this lineup except for one minor tweak. Can you tell me what it is, or did you already see me comment about it? You don't want Jose Abreu in the three spot. Well, yes, but I'm done arguing that point right now. I don't know what are, what were you gonna say. Okay, go through the order. Uh, look at look at who's batting what, or like uh, handedness. Oh, handedness. Oh, because you got righty switch, righty. So switch, switch timeout. Time out. You've got a righty on the mound. Yeah, you have a righty on the mound today. So switch is left. Restart. So right, left, right, left, right, right, left, left, right. Okay. So where's the one adjustment? You want Encarnacion and Mazzara swapped. Bingo. That is. Other other than that, it's great. I. You've got a guy in Encarnacion who's been struggling, and you might want to boost Mazzara's morale a little bit after getting that hit yesterday, even though it was inside out and looked ugly. Um, <laughs> I, I, I like swapping the right left. So I, that, it's such an old school way of thinking. Like, if you're gonna like, if you're gonna knock a guy out of the game, you you should ha- you should have some right left right left in your lineup. That's that's unquestioned. But does it have to be the entire lineup has to go right, left, right, left, right, left? Absolutely not. That's 
That's just a waste of time and energy. If you've got a better hitter, bat them higher. <gasps> Are you saying Edwin's better than your savior, Nomar Mazzara? Yes, he's better. He has 415 fucking home runs. <laughs> I mean, mind you, his home runs only go 380 feet, so they're not as impressive. And so, no, he's not as cool. But, I, I mean, like, if I see a 500-foot bomb tonight, Mazzara's better. I just got to – we're going to end that argument there. I take Tommy's back in the building, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Bigger the bombs, the better, all right? Now – Back to right, left, right, left. No, Steve, chill out. Edwin should be batting right where he's at. A six spot is – six is a great spot for somebody who's been struggling that you still want to get at bats because they're not, like, top of the order. They're not I'm just glad up. they're not batting in five. I'll leave it at that. that and that's, that's perfect because Eloy is batting in a way that he should be at the five spot. Oh. So, anyway. All right. My point stands – Edwin is in the right spot. He's going to get enough at-bats that he's like still likely to have four at-bats rather than three this, this game. It's the right call. Um, and righty, lefty, righty, lefty is overrated. You know, whatever. Wow. I think you were saying a few episodes back that it wasn't overrated, but I don't think I was because I, I strongly feel that I, I very rarely talk about handedness. I very rarely talk about handedness. So if I did mention that it's better to have righty, lefty, righty, lefty, it's, it's some horse shit. It's, it's all righty. All righty. What do you want to wrap up on here, Tom? I want to wrap up on the fact that we're still in a dogfight with Cleveland, right? Like yep. this is going to be the story of the season. Are we better than Cleveland? And something that the Twins did, because we know, we know the Twins are better than Cleveland, right? So why yeah. not? Yeah, why, they just yeah. took three out of four from them. Yeah, they're, they're fucking better. So why don't we copy the Twins, right? Why not? It's, it's working. Look at what the Twins did. They don't have starting pitching. They just don't. They have a couple guys, and then they've got some trash-ass guys in the bullpen that they're going to trot out, right? This is, this is the Twins' mindset. Okay, so their bullpen is trash as a stretch, but go is, ahead. It is a stretch. Okay, but yeah. let's, let's roll into it. This is what I want to talk about. On August 2nd, the last time that the Twins played a ball game, they trotted out their opener, Tyler Clippard. Okay, not a very impressive guy. But then they, they proceeded to pitch one, two, three, four, five, six guys to get it done. And guess what? They only gave up one run in that game to against a Cleveland offense that you rag on all the time. That's okay. fine though. This is, this is the thing. We it's also one game. You will do yeah, literally at a single sample size. Okay. Here's the thing. Openers work though. I'm not looking at a single sample size. I'm looking at a single sample size from the twins. But if you look across baseball openers fucking work, if you use, so them tell sparingly, me if you use them sparingly, if you're the white Sox. When would you when would you use this, and then how would you go about following through? I would use it in day in game one of a doubleheader, especially because now doubleheaders only got. Seven. Now you're really cherry picking statistics on when to use it. Okay, I'm talking I'm about. Like, do you who, don't think double doubleheaders are going to be rampant this season? There's going to be so many doubleheaders this season. 
there are going to be a few more for sure. But at there's the same- no room in the schedule to fit games that are on okay. off days. I'm just okay. saying. Give me an example outside of that when, when you would use it. I would also use it on a sixth day. So you're er, not even a sixth day because now we have a situation where Rodon is out for God knows how long. So when you have a situation where you don't have a fifth starter and you've went through your first four guys and somebody's injured at the time, you throw out the op- an opener and you go with six bullpen pieces to finish the game out. Especially when you're playing in, especially when you're playing a trash ass offense like the like the Cleveland Baseball Club, you're gonna need. You this is the thing. If you're gonna throw out a starting pitcher who is garbage, even a bad offense can take advantage of that and throw four runs on the board. Now, if you are, you're not naming names right now. I'm not naming names, and you should. You should be. I. If you're throwing out uh, an here's here's where it fits out. Here's where it fits out. Perfect. A Ross Detweiler. If you're throwing out a Dylan Cease who's on a cold streak. You know what I mean? Like these are names that I've been playing Devils. Here, here is exactly. Now you're finally getting to it. Okay, I was playing Devils Advocate to play Devils Advocate. Giuito, there shouldn't be any sort of opener. Keuchel, right now, there shouldn't be any sort of opener. Okay. Uh, Raylo, G- baby. Here's the thing: you've got Gio Gonzalez, who's gonna who should work on shortened innings. You've got Dylan Cease, who should probably work on shortened innings. And your five right now is either Ross Detweiler or Dane Dunning, who I don't know. They should probably work on shortened innings too. Okay, uh, you let these guys start out. If things are, I think you do what you did in Milwaukee yesterday okay if somebody gets injured if somebody's not starting out well then you go to your long-term reliever that's why a guy like Ross Detweiler is so important okay um because not just to eat innings but because he does really well in that role okay I don't know how I feel necessarily about one of our guys from the bullpen whether they be a top-notch guy like an Aaron Bummer um or somebody who's down the road like a Chase Fry starting the game. I don't know if that's going to work out well I, for this, this is the thing, though. I think Ross Detweiler is the perfect guy to be an opener because you can expect two innings out of his arm. You can expect that. So but you're going to do it? you want to have him do more than two innings. You just don't. That's when he's starting to go through the so lineup you- for a second – and or some guys for a third time, like if he's gotten hit around. A so are bit. you doing that? Well, my question then would be, are you doing that twice a week? No, 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 no. That's not the point of the opener. You, you don't substitute, you don't completely substitute a five man rotation and say like, scratch the five man rotation. We're going to do a four man rotation with the opener. No, that's, that's dumb. You do a five-man rotation, and then when you don't have an option, you don't pull a starter out of your ass. You use an opener. That's what winning baseball teams do. In very small situations. Ex- that's what I'm saying. When it, when, I'll be honest. Winning baseball teams have incredible offenses, honestly, kind of like the one that we've seen recently from the White Sox with 47 hits in three games. And they also have good starting rotations. And this is why we need Charlie Morton or Lance Lynn or somebody. 
fair, fair. God. So, then, so then what I should have said was, this is what bubble teams do. Bubble teams that are trying to make it work and actually find themselves in the postseason, this is what works. This is what got the Rays an opportunity to be in the World Series if the fucking Houston Astros weren't cheating and shelling their best pitchers. They would have been in the World Series, okay? Last year. That's a hot take. But, <laughs> to think Tampa Bay would have gotten through New York. That's hilarious. Okay. I really think they were playing their best baseball, and they got themselves in a situation where they were getting shellacked by a team that was cheating. Before you argue with me, we got to get out of here because the game's about to start. Steve, just eat your words. Ask me if I have any last thoughts because you're going to get all riled up if I if you you've had your last thoughts on <laughs> on openers. I uh, it may work, it may not work. It, it's too small of a sample size for me. Number one, and then number two on top of that, it, it's just you right now an opener does not solve all of the White Sox pitching problems. That's correct. I'm not trying to say it's going to solve all there the we problems. Go. What I'm trying to say is it is a better option than trying to get Ross Detweiler to go five innings for you. It's a better option than saying, let's bring up Dane Dunning and hope that he is going to be a guy that's going to get us through six innings because that's also not a good idea. You know? So fit, your fifth day is an opener. No. I, I, again, like – I. It's going to have to be if you're not going to go point, out and get somebody in free agency. Unless Clayton Richard's going to take the mound. Right now, if we're talking right now, this very moment, my fifth day is going to be an opener. But in six days' time or whatever it's going to be, you're going to have Reynaldo Lopez back. You want to try him back out on the mound. And I'm not saying that's going to be a great – that no, no, you, you do, though. And, like, whether or not <laughs> no, that's going to be – don't. <laughs> okay, fine. You don't. You don't. But a ball club will want to do that. Like, the White Sox are going to do that is what I guess I'm trying to say. They're going to put Reynaldo Lopez back in the rotation, see how he's doing. So then your fifth day is going to be him or whatever he's going to be slotted in as. And you'll have five guys again. And then hopefully Rodon will be back. And, and then, you know, like insert starter that's coming off the IL. That's going to be your fifth guy. But when you're in a situation like we are in right now where you don't have a fifth guy because everybody's on the IL, guess what? Use an opener. The shit works. Pray for my liver. Pray for my liver. All right. That's it. What do we what do we say at the end? Rebuilder bust. In Ross Detweiler we trust. <laughs> oh. Yikes. Oh, that's bad. <laughs> Have a good one, everybody. <laughs> good night. <laughs>